Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to All Dad Jazz Podcast. I'm your host, Matyash, and today I have with me Sarah Jennings. And we're going to talk about her background growing up in Switzerland and going to uni in UK, partying a lot, burning the candle on both sides. Ooh, seeing entities. Ooh. And um, then discovering eventually coming from uh, an anarchist background where she wanted to change the world to tending your own garden philosophy and taking care of your herself first um entity attacks on her her process of self-healing or a transformation work her uh studying with the creative kinesiology school and studying kinesiology um the old modalities not being effective for new auras Ooh, her teaching people confidence on camera and creating successful businesses for healers and helping he- people heal from heart break wow incredible so stay tuned for this incredible podcast so sit back relax and enjoy the podcast Welcome to the new episode of All That Jazz. I'm your host, Matyash, and I have with me Sarah Jennings. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Uh, this is the second time, actually, we've tried this, but this time it will be, it'll work as magically. Yeah. So um, uh, let's talk about your, uh, you're now uh, into healing arts and all that, but let's let's talk about your beginnings. Uh, you said... Uh, when we talked off here that you were um, burning the candle at both ends and you were uh, partying a lot and all that. Uh, things I can't relate to until later on, actually, but I had a different yeah. upbringing. <laughs> Go on. Well, burning the candle at the both ends to me is that, you know, you work really hard and then you, you party really hard as well. So, but then it's also, that also links into being a perfectionist or a high achiever or, you know, highly motivated person. Um, Yes, I was doing that. I was always working really hard and I did really well in lots of different academic stuff. But at the same time, uh, I grew up in Switzerland and I was at university in the UK. And I think I felt that part, and I'd had a very amazing uh, um, education in international schools. Like Hmm. it felt like a really uh, amazing privileged education you know where your teachers love what they're doing and everything um and so when I went to uni I just felt like it was almost like I my little Swiss bubble had been ripped off like the plaster had been ripped off and I was like the world is like how (laughs) you know and it felt like it Mm. felt like I'd I'd been educated you're going to be a world leader and all that kind of thing that a lot of international school kids get and then when you university you're like oh my god you know I thought I was British but maybe I'm not British and then what is you know what have I been taught that this isn't doesn't really match up to reality and so I just kind of I think for me the partying side was a it was a sort of deliberate cultural conditioning scrambling but I think I went too far and the the partying kind of basically I think it really did um alter my interface with reality quite drastically and I I think what we started talking about last time was that I started seeing energy Mm. uh, 
different I started seeing reality differently and obviously people were like oh well you were high but I knew I knew myself well I'm very grounded really and quite you know intelligent and I'm and I hadn't lost my mind all I could what my interpretation was that I was vibrating at a slightly different speed to normal like my heart rates faster or something like that sleeping right. less and what I could see was um well, I could see things that were there, but that we don't normally see that matched the reality. Some of the things like were pretty incredible. Like uh, I was, there was this, this um, small lane that behind the university that went into a small village and I could see every footprint that had ever walked on that path and every hoof print. What? Yeah, it was like, I would say like two, well, a meter and a half thick of footprints and I could just see it all. I was like, whoa, um, that's really crazy. Um, like all that ever walked there or all that ever yeah. walked in the past year? Ever. It was more like way back. It felt like I could see it back in time. It was almost like I could see the human imprints of movement and patterns and energetics. Wow. And then it, it started happening looking at people. So I would be able to see uh, things happening and it got really uncomfortable when I started realizing I can't do this anymore like I can't mm. party and burn the candles and all that kind of thing I really need things to change I mean this is fast forwarding years of my life yes. um, but I realized that what I was seeing wasn't particularly comfortable and I didn't want it to take my life over you know it was like scary sometimes and I remember one time being at a kind of festival and I could just see these entities for a better word jumping mm. from person to person that was all out of it and open and it was just disgusting I was oh, just like, oh my gosh so this was like a negative entity an astral like entity yeah so i mean it's quite controversial actually that we've ended up here but um <laughs> <laughs> but out of all the places well, let's get it <laughs> um and i don't actually write about it apart from a from a personal perspective but what i see the party scene is a big thing in the uk it's like the alternative cultural scene uh, a lot on one side it's like you know we're um rebelling against the norm and the politics and government you know and there's like a rebellion and this is us being free but actually there's another side which is purely hedonistic and actually quite destructive and they leave a mess and you know actually destroying yeah. their energetic structures and possibly their relationships and their life force but i see it often as like a siphoning of the youth's creative life force in a way um right and feed off that sort of thing and it's actually also very convenient that everyone's distracted getting high and off you know every week it's uh and then you can look at it from a kind of socio-political you know business side of things it's also uh allowing people that valve you know the let off some steam on the weekend yeah, after yeah, yeah. Five, you know so yeah i think uh, some yeah, people yeah. need creativity people need an yeah. outlet people need an outlet and Unfortunately, yeah. for a lot of people, it's just partying is the only outlet and drugs, which yeah. is not too helpful. No. And, you know, and I think there are, yeah, there could be better ways. And I've actually kind of secretly part of me has been like, oh, I hope they're having a nice rest with all the party people during <laughs> the pandemic. <laughs> you know, I'm sure loads of new businesses and new things have happened for people that might have been at a festival every week, weekend. Right. So what did you study uh, when you went to yeah. university? Um, 
so what I studied, and that wasn't me thinking about what I studied, I was like just checking that they weren't tangents yeah, yeah. that I've been to. Um, <laughs> so what I studied was something at the time was called behavior in organizations. And I actually started off in economics, international economics. And I was like, I don't understand. I'm, I'm a really good student, but I don't, I'm failing. <laughs> and I, I said, I, I can't, the money, you know, money in my hand and what you're talking about does not make any sense. So they sent me upstairs to the rebel department. And <laughs> Which is uh, organizing society the way um, you think you should, it should be like changing the society, changing the world. Well, it was more of a kind of historical look at social, mm. you know, social um, industrial change. Mm. And we're looking, like we mentioned last time, like power control. And yes, the Foucault stuff weaved in, but it wasn't only that. Uh, right. But because I looked at, you know, I really loved what they were teaching us. They were, they were actually being real, you know, and like, this is how we managed to control and move around um, ideas in society and move people into organizations to make things happen. This is how it's done. Like the kind of psychological, philosophical, anthropological sort of breakdown yeah. of how management even is a thing. <laughs> so that was so interesting. And I, could, I, could, I was just, it was like blowing my mind all the time. And then they said that they, you know, most of those people in that course were kind of being trained into being consultants, business consultants of some kind, you know, like looking at the organization and yeah. the human resources and, you know, like how can we, you know, make this business work better? Um, so basically it's like reverse engineering, like how can we make a good culture and a good vision for this organization to fulfill their ends? Whereas I went, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> And I ended up becoming like a like an activist, really into the anarchist social movement. Let's change the world. Uh, let's do something about this. So I found all the, you know, anarchist brothers and sisters in the universe spread around the university, and that's kind of like where I channeled all this. Like we now we know how it's done wrong we need to make it right and so that's where i ended up with all these beautiful people but um i even ended up living in a yurt for a year because i was like well if i'm you know gonna be the wow. change i need to live the change and you know that was quite hard because when you're partying and having to chop wood and study in a postgraduate degree so what they let me do i they said do you want to do a master's because I, I was the only one that did get a first that year so that still being an anarchist and like rebelling against them i did well and they said would you like to do a master's and i was like only if you let me do my own thing and study uh, anarchists and social movements in the way that we've studied management and business and they said oh. yes so so then I did this right. whole, you know, I had, I had the rose tinted glasses of like, yeah, this is the way guys, you know, social change, social movements. Um, it's gonna, it's the, you know, like these protesting culture and the do it yourself, you know, I can't even remember all the lingo now, but there was do it yourself media. This was all before social media really took off. Right, right, right. And, um, Anyway, I was studying them and I was in these groups and we have no leaders and there's no hierarchies and it's like down with the patriarchy and capitalism. And I studied them like properly, like a postgraduate would. And I ended up with my own conclusions being, ah, <laughs> these are a bit like cults and there was hidden. <laughs> 
there is this is like hidden leadership and there is serious issues with power and control right and there, it, there is still hierarchies within the uh yeah. within a movement that says that there shouldn't be hierarchies there oddly is hierarchy and if you are against it then you're outcast as a yeah. as a blasphemous person yeah and there's lots of um rules that are not explicit so you know you, you find out when you step on the mine <laughs> that you stepped on something you're like i can't believe you did that you're like i didn't know it's so offensive you should never do that again <laughs> yeah yeah and so it was all very um amazing to be in it and then being like oh ooh, maybe i was you know i didn't look at it this deeply enough and so it's just so yeah it was very interesting to see it all and you know, when there's hidden leadership, it's the most charismatic. I learned a lot about leadership because it's the most charismatic, the most, well, the most vocal and charismatic one that kind of gets the airtime. Yeah. And that, that's some kind of almost a natural law. And there's something magical about leadership if you have that yes. thing. But the most important thing I learned from that was that you need to be accountable to your leadership. If you're going to be a leader, there needs to be accountability as in of if things go wrong you know so when you don't have a leader and things go wrong it's like wasn't me <laughs> yeah i'm I, yeah. it's not my fault i was just a mouthpiece it's not it's the whole group's fault yeah <laughs> so, yeah and then there is something also about where the way where we're all going and we want to collaborate and work together um there's something there is a good piece out of this is that when we do have like, okay, well, these people are the leadership, these people are the admin, these people are the, the human resource people, these, you know, when we kind of structure it in a way, it doesn't have to be a hierarchy and like a pyramid, but it is amazing to understand the roles and the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I kind of lost track of where I was going with that. Yeah, just the, Oh yeah, um, creating a shared culture and a shared vision, mm. um, which is where the whole group is in it together. When someone comes in with the leadership thing and is accountable, but tell, dictates the rules or the the vision and the culture, that's where people start not behaving like part of a group or a team. Anyway, so I learned loads out of all that. And that's just like right. a tiny little piece of my life 20 years ago. Um, but it is becoming really interesting to what, to have that lens that i gained from the postgraduate stuff from the, the right so did you end up did you, did you end up finishing that study eventually yes. or, okay and it was basically the study was about the utopian and dystopian use of the human imagination in reimagining a global civil society <laughs> something like that wow <laughs> <laughs> that must be a fascinating read uh, I think it is like a hard read. Um, but yeah, I think that the main conclusions, like the practical conclusion I came to was tend to your own garden. And that started a whole other thing in my oh. life. <laughs> but that, that's, more, that's more of anti of, of anarchists because it's more of a, uh, it's more of a Jordan Peterson kind of idea of, you know, clean your own room first and then, you know, then yeah. try to change the world. You're right. It's actually um, a French um like 17th or 16th century book called Candide and it is about um this guy that travels around um Europe like the wandering nomad 
and he keeps getting into so much trouble. He's, he's trying to change the world, but he gets caught up by the Spanish Inquisition and some other war and some other thing happened to him. And he's just like, oh, and then he gets home <laughs> and he, he just grows a garden and then all this stuff falls into place for him. That's very simplistic, but mm. tending to your own garden is like the real change comes from all of us in our own spheres really making a difference. Because I know that when I change my insides and the way I operate, my daughter noticed when she was six, she went, wow, mommy, you know, you're here. And like, what's going on? And, you know, noticed it. I saw the instant ripple effect of one person um, becoming, I don't know if you want to call it clear or at peace or atoned or strong within themselves or whatever it is, the words mm. to describe that shift. Um, it had right. a huge impact on my entire family. Like even my backwards, my mum, dad, and that way, um, being able to, I don't know, um, heal those human uh, distortions that happen in family lines, being able to be the one to go that, I don't want that anymore, and it's got to stop. Right. It works, it affects both directions, which is beautiful. I, yeah, I think it's a tremendous human instinct to, um, to have some unresolved issues uh, within yourself, and then projecting outside and say, this is everything needs to change. So everything will be all right. But actually what needs to change first is uh, stuff on the inside, right? Yeah. Cause a right. lot of the anarchists, if you look at it, if you look at, not, let's not call them anarchists, let's call them people that want a revolutional um, social justice warriors. Yes, them lot. That. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of them, it maybe has changed a lot since I put my eye to that, but there was a point when I was back in the day and you could see it was like a lot of people shouting at walls, institutions, angry, Wah! which means they're sitting in anger. <laughs> and yeah. yes, there's a lot to be angry about, but there's ways if, you know, I always say if you have the time and energy and the, I don't know, the possibility, the opportunity to change the financial or government's, you know, situations from the inside, go and do it. But if you can't, then make the best of your own garden and what you can create and make the change come, come from within so that your immediate circles feel a total difference too. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Make a difference, not just yourself, but your family and, you know, your neighborhood, not, not be a nuisance, let's say, you know, <laughs> to, to, to yeah. make a positive difference. Okay, so how did you then uh, end up from doing a master's, uh, what you were doing to then transitioning i guess it happened slowly or fast into, into a spirit more spiritual outlook um well after the degree came me organizing giant raves in a castle in castle <laughs> <laughs> i mean maybe not giant but big ones anyway and so i was still quite in that world still and that's but then it was um there was a big heartbreaks which comes into some of what I do now but there's a big heartbreak and then a lot of fracturing and and then the drugs were not do because I remember the first few times I ever took drugs as a academic person it was like wow you know like the, my brain was making all these amazing connections and it was just like what I, you know I was writing poetry and you know crazy ideas about how the universe works and it was amazing but then a few years later you know it's like total spiral out of control and like I had psoriasis head to foot I had just was um a, a shell <laughs> of who 
I am now kind of thing. Well, what is, uh, for those ignorant like me, what is uh, psoriasis? Um, it look, um, it's an autoimmune disease that's mm. affecting skin. So some people might get arthritis, some people might get uh, IBS, you know, stomach stuff, or some people get skin things like maybe dermatitis. I got psoriasis which is like so i weakened the lining of my gut basically oh wow um, with the amount of um it wasn't so much the amount of drugs it was more like the lack of sleep not eating properly malnutrition kind of just yeah. running away and lost all the time and not looking after myself in some kind of you know i think i was just a really hurt person a really lost person and i just couldn't find my way after this particular heartbreak and you know, the scrambling of the cultural conditioning that I was like, yeah, I'm scrambling this on purpose. Um, it, you know, part of it was to remember who I am at a kind of spiritual level without having that language. I didn't really get that. Right, but right, right. Like, so, you know, this, like I need to break out the mold and certain things that I've learned aren't the way. And um, so, yeah, but I went too far. I scrambled even good habits. <laughs> So uh, I had to kind of relearn everything. And um, so what happened was, it was like one, it was a relationship, I think, that was just so bad. It was like toxic and mm. uh, they were alcoholics. I didn't really realize. And it, oh, it just, okay. it was an abusive situation and it was really, uh, I was kind of trapped in it. And when it ended, it was awful and like, you know, like, hiding and like, oh it was just not good but that moment was like wow like I'm done like I do not want these experiences anymore I actually am a very bright intelligent person and I'm failing like me my daughter like my life um I'm not anywhere near where I thought I would be you know I remember you know laughing with your friends at school and you're like you're gonna be this and I was gonna be some sort of multi-million you know multi-millionaire CEO of some giant corporation apparently right that's what people said of me when I was like <laughs> 16 um and this was not it at all and I, I knew something you know it was like a deep sense of failure and like oh god and then the the whole thing of you know several not very good relationships I was like well I'm a common denominator <laughs> in these uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it was like that moment and so combine that with seeing energy and seeing stuff going on and still not looking after myself things got there was a point where things got really weird um actually wait which comes first so first is the enough is enough of these relationships and then I'm gonna do something about this healing ability. You know, I could put my hand, I remember my my friend hurt her head and I put my hands on and it was like lightning came out my hands and she felt it too. And she was mm. like, wow, I'd, I'd pay you to do that. I was like, really? <laughs> so I was like, okay, what is this then? So I booked myself on to a Reiki course or something like that. Straight away, I was there a few days later. Um, and soon after that, I did what I had to do to get that. And then I did another one. Um, and then they asked me to do this sort of life review thing where um, I had to look at my life, looking at all the things that might be stuck, you know, shame, guilt, yep. um, hurt, pain, lack of voice, you know, all the stuff. And so I, I took that so seriously. Um, and around this time, I can't remember if it comes before, I think this is after I started doing Reiki, but... I actually still wasn't 
out of my destructive looping. So it was like, I knew I had to stop, but I kept getting sucked into this whole party world. And I was like, mm. guys, I'm leaving. And people would be like, just one last time, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, oh. So it was that real, that in between, you know, I'm trying to break free and mm. it's hard. And several things happened. There was, a, so basically I've said, I've already said that I kind of had no energetic protection. I kind of scrambled the thing. I, I'm, I had no immune system inside or outside. Uh, and then I'm starting to learn magical tools. And this is something I kind of teach people now is like, you know, having magic or gifts is an honor and it's also a great responsibility. And if you ask for it to be better or bigger uh, is comes with a responsibility to honor it and to value it. And I had to learn to switch on and off like my energy eyes because it was scary and then not being used appropriately. Right. So at this point, when I'm in between the two, the new, the old life and the new one, mm. uh, I was being attacked by entities every night. Oh, wow. Um, is that the I, sleep paralysis? Is that what happens yeah. when people have sleep paralysis? Is that the entities attacking them? You would no, say? not necessarily. So for me, the sleep paralysis was kind of part of the story but it wasn't only from sleep paralysis um but yeah there was i wouldn't say everyone's sleep paralysis that because often okay. it can be biochemical right. and it can also it can also be on a more meta level like fear and fear of violation in the system so there's like a, a fear response happening mm. so the body can't rest and relax but what was happening to me was more of um I call it a spirit-led shamanic initiation. If you think about magical people in ancient tribes, they would be born and be like, ah, there's the magic one. And then they would be brought up into being like the healer of the village or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a very different path. And then here it's like, go to school, put the uniform on and like, you know, you kind of lose your magical self. And that's kind of what I tried to, I think I was trying to break out of the, western mold to find my magical self again because what happened that few years of awakening to the magical stuff the healing world um i saw all my faces thousands of faces of me at different times as but always as a healer or shaman or you know it was but from every culture you could think of and wow as uh, like a past lives yeah yeah like oh wow and I wasn't the only one that saw it as well I was doing breath work with a woman around that time and I'd seen it and not told anyone and she did a we did a eye staring breath work together and she said oh wow I saw your Egyptian face you know Indian face Viking <laughs> uh, face da, 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 and you all had headdresses and things on I was like wow okay I hadn't seen I didn't see the regalia I just saw the the features changing slightly morphing yeah um, but yeah a lot of the faces but the entity thing or the this the spirit-led shamanic initiation was i was being trained without having a teacher <laughs> or a tribe or something telling showing me how to do the things and what i saw was that i was lots of challenges were being put in front of me so it wasn't mm. it wasn't so much um um how would you put it like oh i'm a victim which is what it felt like i'm like i'm being right. attacked all the time <laughs> and then you know that was the first response was like shit and what's happening 
and then I don't like it and then I was like no <laughs> you know I was like I'm you know I put my staff down and was like I'm not having this this is not cool so I started trying to figure out what to do with this it manifests as sleep paralysis but also things coming into the room things trying to rape me often what um, like, uh, entity it rape uh, trying to rape you yeah not trying actually actually doing it um wow how does that like does that does that look like uh uh manifest physically or that like uh you can tell it's uh you can't you can't see but it's like uh you know it's a spirit that's there or you can see it well there's been a i mean there's quite a lot of episodes of this but one or two of them were just me really you know without the entity thing but me going into sleep paralysis and learning how to control it so not to be afraid and then really going like relax 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 doing the whole look at my hands look at my hands in the day and realizing oh i'm actually asleep right awake. right right and then looking at the room going ah there's one thing different i'm actually awake in the dream and then trying to navigate through and being able to go through ceilings and actually seeing like the plasterboard and the paint the, 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 and the insulation and then out the other end and then oh ast and astral projection kind of so that was often if i could get through the paralysis i could go oh wow so then crazy. yeah and then um I was at my a family member's house in a village I had never really been to before. And I was there the first night. I think it was a particularly, you know, I was like coming down from years of abuse of, to myself and um, heartbreak and all sorts. So I was like, my body was in a state. And I went, I stayed with them a few days. And then I had this experience of going through the ceiling and I went flying through the village and then out of the village. And then I saw some, <laughs> I saw some red flowers and then I saw like a, a phone box and then I saw like a motorway and I just saw these things in order. And then I woke up the next day and they said, oh, do you want to take the dog for a walk? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I took the dog and I was like, hmm, <laughs> this looks familiar. And so I had seen, I, had, I know for, fact that I my spirit energy or consciousness left my body and had a little like a little journey in the village and beyond and then I saw all the same things the poppy flower the red flowers and the motorway and mm. I'd never been there so I was like okay well this is another another um, tick on the evidence list of you know you can uh have cognizance when you're out of your body in a dream right. state right so that's how kind of the whole my whole life of having energy eyes and stuff like that it's not me reading in a book and going oh I want to see that it's more like okay I've seen that I've seen it more than once what might that be and then maybe someone might say oh I've heard of that or I might read it somewhere and then I'm like okay so it is really a thing it's not me just losing the plot <laughs> right um, how so did you the then manage with uh, entities that attacked you that's uh, to okay. me it's fascinating so then I come to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm taking control of the paralysis. I'm learning to breathe through it. And this is an interesting thing because I, I heard a song, like an, an old 70s psychedelic rock kind of psychedelic music stuff. And I was like, I know that noise that they're playing. And when I would be able to, instead of the paralysis and trying to shock myself awake or try and wake up or be like, shit, I'm, you know, I'm going to get attacked. Something's coming up the stairs and I need to wake up. Right. I would relax and just go like, just go with it. Just breathe, relax, relax, kind of no fear, no fear. And just go, oh, whatever to the thing. Just like, whatever. They don't like that. 
they don't like being ignored or not being you know <laughs> if you're afraid that's what they're kind of looking for i think they feed off of it yeah so then i'm like ah oh, you know whatever and then i can get through to uh this crazy noise happens in my ears and i actually woken up a few times where it hurt mm. like the noise from whatever was happening was like oh my ears are sore but it'd be like a flapping kind of helicopter noise like and then suddenly after a while like a and then you're in the astral dream stuff moving around and that's where i was able to battle the things so i went into basically i think it's called astral battle wow <laughs> uh, and I, I i kind of was like it happened so many times that i could try you know a bit like groundhog day i was like oh, i'll try well um fear and surrender didn't work you know so i'll just let you do it <laughs> it didn't really work that wasn't the key and it was almost like a, it felt like a video game like i have to find my way out wow the test, the test there's a test here and it's an initiation and i have to i am i'm actually homing in my skills of how to work with an energy coming at you so it's kind of like a martial art training but in that other side wow. and there's things coming at you and you're learning like okay so i i, I called it like a spiritual equate like the perfect equation of you on a tightrope with an opponent finding mm. your it's like finding your power but without being an ego kind of like yeah i'm so powerful it's more like a really concentrating um not being too excited not being too fearful not, it was kind of like finding that sweet spot and then it was um it was like a reclaiming of me all these pieces or whatever was going on i started reclaiming big parts of who i am and being like i'm not having this i don't want mm. this in my life go away um but yeah i'd left myself very wide open and i'm, I'm a bright light and so a lot of these things are like whoa shiny thing with no protection <laughs> oh yeah let's attack it pile on yeah. <laughs> and they can affect your behavior and your your you know your needs and wants and how you what you know your desires they can affect desire like oh right. go and do this you know i want those <laughs> kind of i think a lot of weird promiscuity and stuff like that can so this was all happening inside your dream and every night you were like fighting like a fight yeah. training yeah and then things wow. kind of got there was all sorts of things like um i i, f I fought these tubes that were trying to attach to me they, they came along quite a lot and then I found, I, I just, I fought till the death sort of thing. And then I landed on my bed, like, Doof! and then right in front of me was this giant, like, being with a small head and lots of kind of rags and long finger things going like an alien. on. No, like, no. Um, well, I actually saw an artist picture a couple of years ago, which reminded me um, of the nervous system um but with a head on it so it was almost like a giant nervous system maybe an oh, alien wow. but it was maybe more like a pleiadian if i think now what it might be but basically it was just saying well done and started knitting me back together again from battle like a bit of surgery and she was oh it's actually said well done the, wait was this in a dream or this is you see this in your i'm in my world i'm awake and i'm i'm experiencing things but I wouldn't see them if I was awake, awake, but I'm awake in the dream. I'm uh, moving around. Right. So I land out of fight mode into being fixed mode. And another time um, at this point, I mean, life has changed a lot since then. And I'll have to, I'll have to explain what happened after that. Uh, otherwise it just sounds um, like I'm still there and I'm not. Um, so what the, happens after that, after you get knitted back together? 
um just wake up and then another episode <laughs> and <laughs> there was another one where I, I opened my eyes and I was like okay I just checked the light switch check my hands I'm like okay I'm asleep for the week and uh there was a Anubis and I didn't know what Anubis was actually I had to look up dog- I still don't know what dog- is Anubis Anubis is the like the god of the underworld in Egyptian he's in he's in all the hieroglyphs he's like a jackal with a human body Oh, like a dog thing with a human body. And he was stood at the foot of my bed breathing. I could see his chest, leathery chest sort of moving. And I was like, uh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't know what it was. And you, know, you, you have to then go like, wow, okay. So I don't necessarily think Anubis was there and I'm some sort of Egyptian thingy. I just think that um, whatever, you know, archetypal symbology my body will try and interpret that in a certain way. And I just saw it as like, um, I've traveled kind of up and down you know, life and rebirth cycles, you know, mm. he take. So it was like a little tick, you know, well done. And I, I just happened to be able to see that stuff. Right. Um, so there's just, yeah, lots of these episodes. And then um, combined with the so Reiki training, enough is enough of the crap relationships. I need to sort my life out. I need to pull stuff together. And I'm actually fed up of fighting entities now. I think I'm in a good place. <laughs> um, and I, I kind of just, I did a whole, um, I, it was like a military operation in discipline. I was like, right, that's it. <laughs> there was enough. a way, to, yeah. there was a reason uh, that happened. I fell down the last time I ever took drugs, which was now 10 years ago. So um, I, it was like that last time someone was like come on one last time and I'm like oh okay and I really hurt myself I mean really I could have killed myself I was very lucky that I was like rubber when it happened um and that was the biggest wake-up call ever because my daughter could have had no mum I mean just to be clear with everyone anyone listening that my daughter was away a lot because we shared with her dad so when she was away right. I'd be like ah! <laughs> and, then, and then when party she was mode. there party mode, a great right. I was a great mom in between um but the um yeah that was the wake-up call like and I heard all sorts of things speaking to me when the chiropractor was trying to put me back together again um you know like (laughs) are you listening now and all this stuff and I was like yes I am so yeah that all of that combined um meant that I I became a hermit I decided like I have to just you know, control, alt, delete the entire past <laughs> of my, right. uh, of like my, what my life looks like now is like, I can't carry on. I cannot. Um, and I, I think I cried for months as I did this life review work. You know, I was like every day I, I actually did. Um, it's interesting because I hardly ever talk about this, but I chose to have a tarot, like major arcana, um, you know, tarot the tarot. Cards. Yeah, the major arcana, like the zero to 21. And I I chose one card a day to learn about them, but it really affects your energy when you pick a big archetypal thing like that. And you, you know, you're studying it. It becomes, your life becomes it as much as like becomes right. a card and the card becomes life. And but I was doing that. And I was also uh, clearing through the body. I was doing, I had like a sequence of about two hours that I would do every day. And I did it for 21 days and then I started again and I did another 21 days and then I did another 21 days because I wasn't done. And I think I cried most of that time. And it was really, um, 
really coming to the roots of all the psychological pain, emotional pain, mental mm. pain, like really coming to terms with all the times I'd hurt people or they'd hurt me. Uh, so much forgiveness, 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 forgiveness for myself and others. It was like all the anxiety and paranoia and all the weirdness that I'd experienced and lostness, like I came back. It was hardcore. It was really hardcore. And I don't think many people put themselves through that sort of thing. Mm. And at the end of it, I realized, okay, I've done amazing. I'm a new person. Um, but um, there's some things that aren't clear. And I realized I still don't have any energetic protection from blowing it apart. Um, I also have these negative thought patterns that are nasty, like not, not to me, nasty to me. And I recognized that they were ancestral. I'd recognized the voice or the pattern in a way. It was like an imprint, ancestral chatter, da, 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 da. And because I had no protection, it's like louder. Um, mm. No resilience. No, there was no resilience, really. And um, I, yeah, I heard about this thing called aura transformation. And I was like, what is it? You know, and I'm learning magic and playing with energy all the time. It sounded like really cool. It was like, yeah, I think, you know, it says something like the most powerful energetic treatment in the universe. And I was like, that's how I want to do it. And I, I read about it and I was like, holy moly, that is everything that I need right now. Like, I, right. I need this. And I got well, on the train. What is it then? Um, is it like a changing, like, let's say, um, I don't think you can see the auras from through a computer screen, but let's say, uh, let's say my, my aura is damaged. So you would be like, you'd be like, oh, you need to need to do some meditation or is it one-on-one -on -one, like kind of session? It's a, it's a basically an energetic activation of some sort. So, I mean, I can do a very brief introduction history of aura okay. transformation. Um, I just will say that I haven't been able to do any for a year because of the pandemic. And I actually teach, I'm like the, an international instructor. So I teach people how to do this now, which cool. is amazing. Um, but but you to do yeah. it in person, obviously, because you can't, right. Yeah. yeah. And what it is, is not just fixing what is broken. It's actually dissolving completely what we call the old aura and integrating a brand new crystalline structured aura. Hmm. So there is a phenomena of the children of today, and this is all over the world, different consciousness type people have mentioned it like, oh, the children of crystal and indigo children, and it's different. And it is different. They have their, they have a different, um, organizational structure to their energy field and how the physical the spirit energy and the physical body interact is very different to what we've grown up with okay and um but the old aura i'm sure used to work quite well maybe twenty six thousand years ago but over time it's become overpopulated a bit like you know when your computer gets viruses and there's loads of them and something's like they've taken over and you have right. to keep them working. So it's like the old aura has become, I, I'd say like 80%, maybe even like 89% of adults today hardly have any more protection left. Partly diet, partly toxins, partly fear, partly stress. Really? Wow. Yeah. So it's just like, how can you notice like when you see somebody's aura that they're, um, you see that it just shot there's no protection and it's kind of uh, the colors are bland yes bland uh the light's gone out in the eyes mm. um they, they might mention 
that they feel absolutely shattered at the end of the day or that they spiritual people might say they have to put protection on every day they have to do meditation for hours they have to do the chakra thing just to be okay to go to work and then they have to do it all over again when they get back mm. energy can drop very quickly they're very um affected and overwhelmed by outside um energies oh i've gone all blurry my it happens <laughs> <laughs> Um, they feel overwhelmed by their children. They have skin conditions. Yeah. In the, um, but mm. just like people that have no boundaries and no protection in their energy field. So, um, yeah, it, there's a lot of things it's good for. It's the cherry on the top for spiritual people that maybe have done a lot of work. It's like clearing those just last bits of those ancestral things that were stuck so the old aura what we call the old aura has this astral body where that connects you to it's almost like i call it the international the universal plug socket for entities as you know um, ancestral energies how we connect to each other the karmic ties mm. so all these things are plugged into the old aura and that's kind of when there isn't hardly any aura left or no protection, it can be overwhelming, like those things attacking me, like the ancestral imprint, negative voices in the head, all that stuff. It was just like, oh, too noisy and too much. And just like, ah. right. and then um, I had the aura transformation and I, I mean, it was instant. I mean, it takes a bit of walking around. You're like, what's different, you know, like, <laughs> and yeah. then, I, then I was like, oh my God, my, the next day I was on the train back and I was looking out and I was like, there's no noise. There's no chatter. There's no negative, nah, 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 your shit all day long. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, like, most people have that, yeah. <laughs> it's quiet and it's just, wow. And then suddenly all this, um, it was like, they, I mean, part of the aura transmission for everyone is that it gets helps you focus all your, because having an aura transformation, we bring your spirit energy into your body. So we dissolve the old aura, mm. integrate the new aura, and that includes having your spirit energy in your body, not hanging above you going, what are you doing? <laughs> right. It's like in the body so that the spirit energy is looking at you, you know, like you're very bright in the eyes. But when your spirit energy is touching earth through your body, it's much easier to manifest reality or make things happen like your dharma, like the things you're supposed to be doing. Right. When you're floating out of your body or fragmented, it's very hard to make things happen. So you're saying uh, when somebody's not grounded, then it's, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to do anything because there's no actual connection to the earth. And, and uh, yeah, I've, I've known some people that have gone manic for periods of time. And I would say in almost every case has been uh, because of, not being grounded and focusing on the higher spiritual ideas which is good but not having any grounding and then all of a yeah. sudden there's some breakdown you know yeah. it's, it's the whole thing that if all the children born have this thing and then some of us are able to get that a lot of it is um ascend in not out <laughs> it's not about going oh gurus and angels and um you know like stuff out there and planets and like i'm channeling yeah. like yeah. actually no like get in be here make things happen for real right now <laughs> um you know be here fully and be in your body and a lot of people just oh, don't want to be in their body and i'm not surprised like i was very not i just did not want to be in my old aura it was like this is horrible and so <laughs> 
so being in my body like almost you know overnight I'm like wow and it does take time I had a lot of clearing it kind of as your spirit energy comes into the body it's lifting up all the stuff that does not want to be in there and I'm so mm. lucky I'm so lucky that I did that nine months of military you know <laughs> emotional clearing oh, that was nine but months wow that was before Ooh. and then yeah, yeah. So, but there was still more it was like the real you know the real uh, like the physical side of that you know where that was left still in my body yeah and uh, at the time that's the problem is people can clear their consciousness and their emotional body and all that and be like yeah this is where i'm going but the body's like no i'm still holding on to that <laughs> which is where all my kinesiology work comes in right um, right right let's talk about kinesiology um yeah. so is it um because sometimes I confuse kinesiology with muscle testing. So muscle testing is like this or any, any other way you do. Some people do like this, the O-ring yeah, method. That's self-testing. Self yeah. um, but when, well, before pandemic time, uh, I was doing online kinesiology because I traveled the world with aura transformation. I brought it to many places, uh, but people wanted to work with me online anyway. So I started studying kinesiology. It took three years or so. And it's so oh. in depth. It was like a degree. It was like, you know, we did anatomy, trauma. Uh, we did nutrition, you know, it was proper. We actually have a proper body, um, you know, like um, institutional body that protects us as kinesiologists so we're like established it's like right this is real... like a medical thing almost yeah like uh we're um i'm signed under the kinesiology foundation and the british association of alternative medicine okay. so that's cool yeah so it was a proper study you know you have to tick a lot of boxes and lots of case studies and all that so i was really grateful for this i, I recommend that uh, you know proper training to most healers like get that grounding and get that experience in and learn yeah what your power and your magic is is you know um I, yeah i was really grateful for that it was amazing um but the kinesiology when you're in person is like we're testing someone's arm you know like uh, the yeah. practitioner is testing an arm or two arms and you can feel that in the body uh but when you're doing it online yes i do use my finger but some people use a pendulum i'm, I'm not i'm not big on the pendulum but yeah i use my hand myself and a lot of people are like well how can you do kinesiology online you know like ah and um it's actually i have a lovely story from a friend who had sessions in person she was like i'm never doing online that's ridiculous how does it even work uh right. and she had this had a very powerful session because i created something called heart retrieval when we got halfway through and then i had to leave because it was the end of time and um so i said we'll have to finish online and she was like no and i'm like we're gonna have to and so she she said yes in the end and then we did the rest of the work online and she was like you know what i actually prefer it online and i was like can you explain and now I, I really actually appreciate the power of doing this online is because I have a big energy. And when I'm helping, you know, aura transforming or helping someone bring part of their fragmented self back or like clearing something, I have a very strong energy and you can feel me in the room. Whereas right. when someone on their own in their, their room on their own, and I'm telling them I'm there holding the space and can help do all the same things. But because I'm not in the room, they can feel their own energy. And then when they're moving things themselves, they feel more empowerment. So they're, they're not as, uh, as uh, uh, like overwhelmed by your energy, let's say, if There's for that, lack of a term. I don't think it's so much that. I think it's more that even when I'm in the room, they're doing it themselves. They're bringing yep. back their own parts. I'm, right. I'm helping the force kind of thing. Like, yes, let's do this. And 
they might feel like empowered by me being there but when i'm in a different side of the country or the world then they're actually it's more about creating a sense of power in themselves like oh wow i can do this like i just i just pulled that back into my body on my own it wasn't because i went to see a practitioner right so i i, I see the kind of uh teach a man how to fish rather than just give them a fish kind of yeah thing. yeah 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 so the kinesiology has been amazing and the reason why i started kinesiology was that because um aura transformation isn't recognized by some big foundation or school some places wouldn't let me work like the yoga studios and stuff so i was like oh i'll just do a kinesiology session you know um course and then i can do whatever i want with that because i had a i could do aura transformation actually i lie i could do aura transformation but i couldn't do my own intuitive healing work which i was doing on the side as well mm -hmm. uh, I need a certificate so I did kinesiology and then I was like oh I can do what I want with you know you can make your own protocols and all that. right right and right in the end I just did the whole thing because it was so amazing I, I studied with the creative kinesiology school and how I see it is that we're not a lot of kinesiology is very much like how does this muscle work and for sports therapy and all yes that. yes that's and the medical it, one right yeah and this one has a bit of that but it's actually looking at the human from a 360 entire universe perspective like every person has different links to the universe and their history and time and their body and we can kind of tap into all those things mm. like where i'm sat now i have at my fingertips like loads of folders and files and information and books and cards and vibrational essences that we can kind of tap into to get information mm -hmm. and if um how i see the kinesiology is like where I like to see it as like we're Sherlock Holmes and a wizard tracking alongside the story, trying to figure out like what's through that door and, you know, why is this blockage in life happening, whatever it might be, and getting to the exact bullseye of when it started, what was happening and why. Like go back to the original imprint of this thing that might have had 10,000 iterations since, but let's go to the first one. And then if you clear there, it just collapses all of those instances hmm. or clear so it's are, very... you are you familiar with the body talk no it body talk uses also uh ask first permission and then it has like uh you use a, a chart so it's like where where's the the problem in the body it has like six different departments and then it's like here and then they go on in branches like it's like a program basically that they use that the practitioners need to memorize or it's on the wall oftentimes in the practitioner and then they uh through muscle testing they actually muscle test the the client while they're uh, laying on the table usually yeah. raising their hand or something I, I couldn't figure out exactly how they can tell if they get a yes or no but they can tell and yeah. uh and then i using it sounds like you're using a similar method because you're like are you like honing down what, what needs to be worked on basically well there we have a well, you know from studying that maybe i've slightly created my own but we have a general kind of protocol if you like so first it's talking about what's going on what's real uh, and then we find a few statements uh, simple things like i'm ground you know I, I don't feel very grounded i'm all over the place i'm clumsy mm. i'm grounded is the statement obviously they can get a lot more complicated and interesting like um you know i'm visible to the right clients or something you know it could be all sorts of things um and um, so we then test the statement, say the statement, what does your 
body do? And then we find out what the body does in relation to that. So we, we, we check all these body systems, physical, emotional, mental, you know, um, spiritual systems. We check the three brains, the gut level, the heart level, the brain level. The three brains. What are the three yeah, brains? So the head brain, <laughs> conscious thought head brain, the heart brain, the intelligence of the heart, the gut brain and the unconscious. So like the unconscious emotional content that broadcasts from the unconscious through the gut. Oh, which shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know when someone's like, I'm so happy and confident and you're like, they don't feel, it doesn't feel that way. Yeah, what about my gut? My gut is shot. <laughs> so, yeah, and then we check the nervous system, the immune system, the thymus, the hormone system. We check the ancestral imprints, spiritual imprints. We check um, so many things. <laughs> we check all these layers. So that takes not very long. It's like, check, check, check. And then we go, okay, I've got a good picture of what's happening here. It looks like something's happened with your nerve, you know, your nervous system is in fright flight mode or something mm -hmm. you know and we can start muscle testing like what's the story what do we need to know what's happened when did it happen and then we build like kind of a story or picture of what's happening and then we find out so what makes creative kinesiology maybe a bit different to other schools is that we have like over 80 different modalities and information and techniques to fall into um to find out what we need to do for what everything from how the brain works from uh, Native American medicine wheels to ancient Lemurian consciousness technology to, mm. to uh, Chinese medicine to psychotherapy and character structures and chakra stuff and ancestral stuff. It's just crazy. There's so much wow. in these books. We have these amazing files, um, which is like the entire human experience in a book. It's amazing. So we have like clues, you know, you just go there and you're like, what's this about? What does it mean to you? we build the conversation so that's also different to some kinesiology and that we're always discussing like what does this mean does it does this link into the story so we give right. it back to and so then, there's a lot of psychology as well the interaction with the client and getting the information from them as well not just being, through muscle testing yeah the, the muscle testing is just the yes and the no and is it integrated? Because the most important thing, if I think it's important to say when you change, when you want to change yourself or something happening, it's all right to change it consciously, emotionally. You know, I've said this a few times, but the body needs to get it. <laughs> and that's why you can go on a retreat and be like, oh my God, I feel amazing. And then two weeks later, you're like, oh, I'm back to the thing again. I do, um, but you say, but the body has not got it. Um, yeah. Okay is where you go where the body speaks and the body never lies so that's why a lot of the kinesiology that most i think most kinesiology schools have a foundation in touch for health which is right um chinese medicine the meridian and muscle so you can basically speak to the body directly so we, we find the energy thing that needs to shift or the emotional thing but then we make sure the body gets it so right that's how it really works that's the title of that John Diamond book, Your Body Doesn't Lie. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so you do the kinesiology, the aura thing, the aura thing. <laughs> and do you do Reiki? Do you do Reiki still? No. So when you, so this is a controversial thing about aura transformation is when, right. you when you dissolve the old aura, old ways of healing aren't going to work. 
or don't feel good or not comfortable. And Reiki mm. is Reiki is amazing for people in the old aura. It's not necessarily going to change your deep-seated and rooted issues with life and relating, but it's good to fix, patch up parts of the aura that need a bit of healing, but it doesn't necessarily fix the tear. So, you know, it depends on the Reiki person as well. Some are very powerful, but Reiki people are amazing for people in the, what we call the old aura. So it's like, mm. I don't, I kind of I like, can see the controversy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's because we dissolve the old aura, so there's not going to be the thing, you know, to work on. So there needs to be a, also... so it needs to be an upgrade, uh, Reiki. Then this would be highly controversial. That would work on the that new aura. The that is Sorry? the upgrade. Uh, yeah, that is the upgrade, and also um, the other controversial piece is that the seven chakras merge into one big heart chakra, which pisses people off so much. Oh, wow. <laughs> but how does I've that work? <laughs> It's just the, the merging, not in the physical body, but in the aura, the merging of um, all of the, the focal point and the energy of that, that energetic system is in one big heart chakra. And you can really feel it happening during okay. and after. But so when you do, have, okay, uh, so just to be clear, so when you do the, uh, um, the aura, your aura thing, then it unifies the chakras into one where everything's yeah. in the heart chakra yeah the aura almost is like one big heart chakra in a way so i actually went like you know six years later to joe dispenza week-long uh thing yep um intensive and i hadn't really known his work before but part of the reason we went was because we were hoping we could get tested and see the difference <laughs> you know we were like <laughs> let's go to Mexico and <laughs> let's do this thing. And it was, no, it was just a great experience, but people saw something different with me. Uh, I had several people in front of, cause my friend was like, oh, this oral transformation stuff, it hurts me, you know? <laughs> and he was like, we were arguing like for hours about this thing. Oh, you and mean then, it hurts me like intellectually having to argue. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. got it. No, as in, no, just the fact that I, I say this often with energy, work and energy schools we're trying to put a flag in a piece of consciousness and energy and call it something and then people on different modalities are calling the same thing something different so that's kind of where the arguments happen it's like right. no but i call it the astro but that's my etheric thing oh blah, blah. um so anyway from the experience of the joe dispenser thing there was this amazing guy that said there's something very different about you. When you walk in a room, people turn around and there's something very different about how your energy is structured and there's something different about your heart and there's something crystalline about your aura. And I was like, ha! <laughs> I was like telling my friends, see, <laughs> I know it's a real thing. And there's just like little moments like that people, you know, notice or see it or feel it. Um, so it's just like nice bit of validation that, you know, I'm not totally nuts. Wow. All this so, so this was a um so the the joe dispenser thing had a tester that would um did they all, did they also have like a thing that there's supposed supposedly a machine that can take photographs of the aura yeah but the thing is is that the because this this aura transformation is a danish healing modality and they've actually done there's been it was even on tv of having taken photos of the aura but the problem is is that the 
the new aura, the crystal aura, is twice the size of the old aura, so it doesn't really show up on the pictures, and it just looks like the person has nothing. It's like ah, so it doesn't really oh, work. Wow. It's not about. It's not so much about the picture. It's more about the frequency in the body. There's an increase of energy, and in these, you know, these people talk about Healy's all the time. No. It's like this new frequency device everyone's talking about at the moment, and people have been calling, asking me like, wow, you know, like the aura transform people, it comes up on the Healy, like, oh, they have a lot more energy here, here and here, not there, which is exactly what the process of the thing is. Okay. But I'm, um, yeah, so to leave the aura transformation thing aside, because I've not even been able to do that. And for years, I have been building up my own things and then never having time to put them out. And then this year with the pandemic is being like the year of all of my backed up stuff coming out all at once <laughs> or bit by you know one after the other mm. so i'm super passionate and loving the visibility gateway which is um basically finishing schools for wizards and witches i don't really call it that but that's kind of what it's like is teaching um confidence on camera um magical mar marketing and wealth frequency stuff to healers and wellness practitioners that are mm. terrified being on camera, you know, and talking about their work, even talking about their work, um, because healers have a deep history of being, you know, burnt prosecuted, yeah, prosecuted. in the past, right? Yeah. So we're we're doing kinesiology as a group to clear, you know, like all these people, pow powerful, magical people, clearing ancient stories is really amazing to be part of. Um, but then I'm also teaching them all this, you know actual marketing and let's do a bit let's make your business actually happen you know ground let's ground you've done you've traveled around and adventured and been to the planets and channeled stuff but now you've got to make a business happen to support you <laughs> right and, i imagine that's popular because people a lot of people at the end of the day they want to make a living as well i, I mean <laughs> your art and healing is is great but uh if you can make a living off of it you, you know you have to go back to the factory or working at starbucks or yeah. whatever which is not what they yeah, want. That, that hurts me to think that people with healing abilities that have a calling, a deep remembering, they've done this a thousand times before, are afraid of being visible with their skills and their gifts. So therefore they it's on the side or oh it didn't quite work or I have to work in the cafe or whatever. And I find that's like that drives me crazy. So I, I really want to help people make a real proper business. So there's a lot of conversations around um, powerful communication. How can you speak about what it is you do without mentioning auras in the fifth dimension? You know, like, let's just right. forget about that. <laughs> <laughs> I've so, heard that before in this podcast, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, yeah, ninth dimension. Uh, I don't know it just, about it. <laughs> it switches people off. And it's more like, if you can say, look, do you struggle walking into a room um, and then feel very tired after an event of groups of people? Yes. Okay, well, then maybe you have some issue with the boundary between you and the world with your energies, so we can work with that. People are like, ah, oh, that's an idea I hadn't thought of. If you say your third dimensional aura is no more functioning in the matrix, it's not going to, people are like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, how can we get the healers to make their language human and understand what they're doing? It's like, you're going to have to sit down and think about this. And yeah. so I love doing that. That's like a big passion thing. Um, and then because of the kinesiology and I can work in this group setting, I've had to call my kinesiology something different because I'm being a bit, so I call it leap kinesiology, which is my group 
kinesiology work. So I've had to name it separate <laughs> because they didn't train me to do group work. So they don't want their name involved in that, which oh, is fair yeah. enough. That's fair enough. Um, yeah, fair enough. So leap um, kinesiology. And then I do something called Love Again, the heart retrieval uh, program. Oh, separate. yeah. Let's talk about that. Um, yeah. So if somebody... Uh, and you know it's happened to me it's happened to other people you know where you uh, you get really attached to that person and that person leaves or you know there's um something goes wrong and then you know it ends it has to yeah. end um so and then people have a hard time uh getting over that heartbreak um yeah. so you help uh, so you have a system where you help people get through that basically yes but it, yeah, it's become so much bigger than what it was originally. Um, so to start where it came from was that I had this big heartbreak very when I was in my 20s. So when I was living in that bender and there was all the craziness, um, there was this big, big love story. And when it, it was pulled apart, it's height and it was like Romeo and Juliet or something. And it wrenched me to pieces and 13 years later, there was still pain there. And I'm like, what the oh, hell? You, you know, lots of stuff happened in between and I never saw him again. We never spoke again. But I was like, I don't know if I heard his name or something was mentioned, it would be like, oh, you know, like really painful and tears down my face. And I'm like, this is really unusual and I don't understand. And then I happened to move closer and we actually met up after 13 years and we talked about it and he went, it's been the same for me. And I'm like, what? I did not expect that at all. So, mm. yeah. So then I, just, I was like, that's not cool. <laughs> so I, after meeting him, it kind of made it, it's like when the mind can understand something, it makes it easier to work with. And I have all these tools. So I was able to like start looking. Um, I just thought I would just never have that kind of love again. And it was the, you know, like this big thing. And then actually I found out from exploring that our heart threads were all tangled up and attached and that's like a phenomenon of what can happen so some people often it might be i don't know could be past life i guess or maybe their first love and even though they're married 20 years they still remember this person or you know there's like yeah. something that's really still alive um so i managed to start pulling the heart threads back from this person that night after having met up with them and i just it was intense. It was like another kind of like as intense as the aura transformation, but in a different way. It was like reclaiming all of the puppy love, all of the innocence and and then reclaiming a huge chunk of my heart. And when that came back in, I, part of me could see that all the other relationships I'd had in those 13 years, like after this person, that I, I could only give them like this little piece of my heart and it was all messy. It was destructive relationships. It was terrible, bad choices and et cetera. And is, it like, made... is it like a part of you is, was with him and a part of, a, uh, part of him was in you, basically? The heart. Yeah, well, I, how I saw it was that these fibers um, that connect us to people can be healthy, but also it kind of got stuck. And it, I think part of it was the trauma of how the separation happened. And it kind of just like, you know, it's like a trauma response that it loops. I'm not sure exactly what it means. And I don't want to romanticize it because 
<laughs> I've managed to move on. <laughs> I don't want to be like, yes, it was, you know, some past life forever. You know, I don't know. It's my spirit, mate. I don't want to go in that language. But all I know is that it felt so good to have all those parts of me back that were attached over there. And he tried to get rid of me all this time as well, and it wasn't working. He tried all sorts of stuff. Um, and so when this started happening, it affected us both like that. And we saw each other maybe once or twice just to clear up. And um, he was like, this is phenomenal. Thank you so much. You know, it's like giving him his life back in a way and mine mm. as well. Did and then he feel I was, like right away, by the way? Did, did he feel you know, like? I didn't speak to him the first couple of weeks and we saw each other two months later. And, you know, it, during that six months where we were in touch, it was a phenomenal change for both of us. Like as if we could be like, as if we couldn't even remember what happened almost, you know, like, oh. yeah. Um, and it was just like freedom, you know, he even wrote to me saying, you know, I just want you to know, like, you, the courage that you've displayed in working through this, and want to let you know, like, thank you, and want to let you know that you're free now, and that I'm free, and it's amazing, and I was like, ah. and then it just meant that I felt, well, first of all, I felt like, all the lights have been switched on. I was just like, like fire was on. And I was like, so much energy in my body and also felt ready to actually be in true relationship with people, not just like give a tiny bit left, <laughs> you know, and like just, yeah, not in longing and sadness, you know, yeah. it was amazing. So then I started working on people like practicing, like, okay, well, let's see if you have heart threads. What does it look like? And I found out that, so what you were talking about when people struggle with heartbreak, I would say it's rare that it's a lot heart to heart like that stuck. That's kind of a rare thing. The more common thing um, is that your heart threads are stuck to solar plexus. The <laughs> no, stuck to the story oh. about the relationship and what happened. Like he did this and he did that, and I felt abandoned and I was rejected. So that's the core wound and those core wounds go right back to childhood and family imprinting from early days or school times or uh, just early imprinting and attachment and defenses and all that kind of stuff. So what I do in the heart retrieval is we, we go through the list of all the heart stories, which is amazing. You know, like I get to hear everyone's love stories from day one, you know, like the beginning to the end. And we actually explore each one with kinesiology. Like what was that link? What does it look like? Was it mm. heart to heart or was it heart to story? Is that linked to childhood stuff or is it actually right that because of that relationship? And you find out so much about yourself. You, you can ask about past lives as well. You could, yeah. 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 And then we, we, you know, is that clear? A lot of them are like, oh, there is nothing there, which is great. That means it was a clean break and like, bye, thank you very much. You know, it's not, <laughs> it's not, the ideal is to not have your heart threads attached to other people. And a lot of people come, I think the, the winner had 100% of their heart threads was out. And that's people that give, 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 but they're kind of giving because they want, that's their way of getting love or being validated or seen. So that's also not healthy. In its, right. in its own way or kind of codependent or not really validating yeah. themselves seeking validation in other people yeah. seeking love in other people but yeah yeah so what i've done is instead of these awesome one-to-ones you know where people reclaim their heart threads i've created a six-week uh mapping journey i call it mapping mapping your inner landscape um so i'm not just teaching them 
I'm not giving them a fish, give your heart threads back. I'm showing you how to recognize when you've thrown them out there and how to pull them back. So we do right. do a heart retrieval as a group, but that's quite intense in itself. But we're also mapping um, all these areas of your consciousness that you can use forever to heal from heartbreak. And I've had to, this is all the places I've kind of mapped and done for myself over a 10 year period, you know, like that life review where I cried and cried and cried. That was me creating maps of how to clear from shame and guilt or forgiveness, compassion, grief, all these things, working with the inner child. So in the course, we do do heart retrieval, but we're looking at how to avoid <laughs> throwing your heart threads around, how to avoid codependence and yeah. heal from deep core wounding. So it's quite, uh, it's very different to the visibility gateway, but um, so what I've been doing this year is really, I mean, it must look quite intense to people out there that are like, she's put out another thing, <laughs> but, but for it's me, good. It's, like, it's good. As long as it helps people and you're producing yeah. stuff that, that is of value to people, I think it's more power to you. Yeah. But it, I think it will slow down. This intense creation is going to slow down and I'll just keep working with the things I've made, but it's like, I'm, I'm, I've got a few more to come. So one went out yesterday called the money gateway which is not a course it's just the kinesiology weekly kinesiology to heal and work with your money story like just blow the lid mm. off um you know false beliefs around money or the how healers and people have the, like the okay well we don't need we'll just need money this week but not when i'm old or my children don't need money when i'm dead either you know it's like let's let's stop being a little bit more long-term and a bit more grounded about the money thing because everyone kind of needs it at the moment right and yeah so that's like the visibility gateway does you know go into money and selling like for a couple of weeks but this is just about your money story and limiting beliefs around money there can be so many weird ones but they can stop you being successful they can create procrastination and lack of action because you're body doesn't want to have money it can repel all sorts of opportunities it's like crazy what the right. money because you may um you may even get a lot of money but because you have these belief systems that you don't deserve it then eventually you probably lose uh, yeah all of it and your wealth frequency let's say we can muscle test like what's your wealth frequency oh wow that's crazy i never thought of that question wealth yeah. fr frequency wow so it basically means how much energy or money or magic or whatever can you hold how many clients can you hold it's like we check the capacity of the system to hold more and more and more and if there's leaks it just means that you might get an opportunity or make more money but if your body only will hold i don't know 300 in your account it will hemorrhage money everywhere like the, the car will break or like things will happen where suddenly you have to pay a lot of money out and suddenly you have no money again. And it's right. like, yeah, but I just did so well. Like what's going on? Or some people have the opposite is like, suddenly they're making more money than ever. And they have like, I don't know, hundred grand in the, in the bank, but nothing's feels right yet. It's like, so it's the opposite. It's like, you know, it's not actually about more money. Wasn't going to make you feel safer or better or more mm. valid or more belonging or more successful it's actually a feeling in the body <laughs> so that's a lot of kinesiology is creating these feelings of home love money wealth all of that creating that feeling of money wealth and home in the body the felt sense in the body mm. that's what it's all about it's not necessarily an outside 
it's not about finding this love or right it's about the uh, uh, even if you want to um i think like uh, there's a quote uh, i think eric butterworth who used to say that uh it's not about uh finding the right person it's about becoming the right person right he was a yeah. he was a unity yeah. minister in new york um okay i want to ask about uh i know this is a bit maybe off topic a little bit but the it's related to spirituality in uh, kundalini uh, energy because um it's based on a weird experience I had kind of not, not really bad, but I was doing this. Um, I was trying to learn from a friend of mine, this healing stuff that he does. And, uh, and then uh, at the time I was seeing this uh, Reiki master um, woman and she was, she did Reiki on me and that was fine. And then she was like, well, do, do you know, some healing on me. And then I did. And then what ha- what started happening was she was uh, pulling some kind of a uh, energy from the, uh, like the, the feet was coming up, like from the feet and it was coming up to the crown chakra. Like it wasn't, it, this wasn't Reiki obviously, cause I don't know how to do Reiki, but I was just praying to God to, to help me heal um and i there was not really based on any specific uh technique so maybe it was a christian healing i don't know what it was but uh but yeah she felt some kind of energy so that's that was not normal so um somebody in, she felt that in you no no she felt that while i was uh doing the healing to her yeah she felt I, that on her like she felt that there was some kind of energy going up uh from the but you were doing that you were doing energy healing to her and she was feeling that is that what you're saying yeah 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 i don't know uh, what it was but uh somebody told me later that maybe i was uh maybe i was a healer in a past life but i was like i don't, I don't know man I, it's just it's <laughs> i was just i was just trying my best <laughs> i think everyone has the power to to heal or to um see the thing with reiki they say uh opening up i'm a universal channel of healing energy or something like that it's like an opening and the thing is is that you can open to if you go i'm open to everything you could open to anything <laughs> that could come through it's almost a bit too open i think sometimes so i think right. the intent the intention is obviously very important like this is going to be beneficial to everyone and all that kind of thing um uh but yeah i think that when you have a lot of body like spiritual body connection with yourself then the people that maybe aren't grounded or that are less physical might feel it really strongly in their body that's kind of them if she's a bit floaty and you're quite grounded she's gonna feel like whoa that's powerful that's strong does that make sense oh yeah okay maybe it's that i don't know that's the first thing that came to mind i don't really know um what else it was i I mean it doesn't sound like bad (laughs) no 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 she she was um yeah it it was a very good experience for her it was just like very intense i think yeah cool um uh, just that also you everyone has different links to different planet energies so if mm. she has one particular planet energy this might have been giving her a frequency she hadn't experienced for a long time kind of thing so your planet energies brought in an energy that she needed sort of thing. And it was like, ah, finally, like a receptor site. 
that have not been used. Mm. I, I, now you lost me. I don't know. Understand the planet energy. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> you had me until now, and now, now I'm lost. <laughs> so you do. Uh, so okay. Anything we hadn't uh, mentioned in the podcast? So I, I want to have you the opportunity to. So we talked a lot about the love connection, and if uh, anybody's heart is, um, for lack of a better term, messed up, she's able to. She's a, you have a course. You teach a course about it. You teach a course on uh, uh, for healers to um, be better public speakers, to promote themselves, to yeah. to attract uh, money for what they deserve. Um, we talked about our transformation. And yeah. okay, I, think that, I think that's pretty much all the things. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I think that's all the things. I'm, I mean, there is a few more things that are going to come, but they're not here yet, right. which I am excited about. But they're part of the puzzle of all my work. And then it feels like I've managed to put everything that's happened to me and that I've overcome into a kind of legacy or like, an, you know, like, here it is. Here's everything. Here's <laughs> a manual. Um, yeah, but I'm, I love teaching it and doing it. And I, I can't actually scale very well what I'm doing because I, I put so much personal work and effort into each course. You know, there's a lot of feedback. There's a lot mm. of actual time with me. There's the kinesiology group sessions. So it's pretty intensive, like time with the practitioner. And a lot of people say that's unheard of in online courses at the moment. And most people, I'd say like 80, 90% of everyone that's done my courses says it's the best thing that they've ever done and invested that's in. That's amazing. So you provide good value. So you get probably yeah. a lot of uh, word of mouth clients. Mm, yeah. Mm. That's, that's a I good sign. Really, I can't really advertise because the groups are so small. So I, I am trying to think like, how can I, I'm actually getting a team together that are helping me with some of the pieces so I can do a few more people. Right. <laughs> but yeah, well, wanna... you, you are advertising now. So here you go. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah, I just want to keep the quality of that actual transformation, like real change, not, not just for a few minutes <laughs> feeling good it is yeah. uh your facebook the main place where you can find you so i'll put all the links that you give me on below the video yeah uh facebook i'll i'll give you links to well my facebook page is where i you know profile pages where i do most of the stuff um i have got i've got like a website i can send you the website for visibility gateway and then for heart retrieval and the other things is mostly like youtube videos so i've got loads of free cool content on youtube so i can just send you the link to that different playlists for different stuff there's loads of aura transformation um videos as well um on there cool amazing i just want to say thank you so much for letting me talk about all my weird life and stuff because i don't really talk about how i got to this (laughs) very much but this is all yeah this is why we do this. I mean, this is why I do this. Well, I don't. So I don't know why I said we. This is why I do this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was a pleasure having you on and hearing your story. And what do you do? Thank you so much. I really, really enjoyed myself. <laughs> and thank you everybody for watching or listening. <laughs>